Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Episode 80 coming to you live. Hopefully everybody is uh, staying warm this week. I know we've had some frigid temperatures here in the in the Northeast and the Midwest. Bansy, I don't know what it's been like there in Michigan, but a couple a couple days this week here in Pittsburgh, we had a high highs in like the low 20s, where not too much uh, not too much time to be spent outside there. How you doing though, man? How's everything going for you, Bansy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I got the heater going. It's a little bit cold out here in Michigan, but I did see, and you know, for people wanting some warm thoughts. Mid-American Conference baseball is now less than 30 days away. Yeah, yeah, and that's a nice little teaser there because I know, Vansy, I know you're a big baseball guy, big college baseball guy, so we'll have some uh, some baseball preview stuff coming up here within the next couple weeks. It's crazy, you know, college baseball always kind of sneaks up on me a little bit because it, I feel like, you know, it starts a little bit earlier than, than the MLB does, you know, get, get towards the end of February, all those, these teams from the Midwest and the Northeast head down South. They do those, you know, preseason, or I shouldn't say preseason, but like non-conference tournaments and stuff like that. So going to be a lot to, uh, got a lot to get to there. So yeah, for all you baseball folks, we'll, we'll have some, uh, some good stuff here, uh, coming from the diamond here in just a couple of weeks before we get there though, Vansy. We're still, you know, we're in the middle of basketball season here. Got a couple big stories here to talk about this week on top of just the games. We'll give you the typical rundown, the breakdown of the, the week in Mac Hoops. But uh, let's let's kick it off here with one of these stories uh, in the news here this week, Vansy. Something I saw that you sent me this headline this morning, and I was very surprised to see this, Vansy. I'm sure a lot of people were caught off guard by this. Central Michigan leading scorer Jermaine Jackson Jr., has announced that he is withdrawing from school, leaving the team. He's going to start his uh, or start preparations for his pro career. As I mentioned, leading scorer for the Chippewas, eleven point four points per game. This is his, this was his first year at Central Michigan. He transferred to Central Michigan from Long Island. Uh, transferred to Long Island previously from Detroit Mercy, where his dad is an assistant coach. But uh, Vansy, uh, quite a, quite a surprising headline. I was really surprised when you sent this to me this morning. Looks like this long year in Central Michigan or up there in Mount Pleasant might just have gotten a little bit longer. Yeah, and, and real quick, you know, you mentioned the article. I say the first uh, mention I saw of it, not the slight hustle bell, but was from uh, CM Life, Central yeah. Michigan Life. So if you're a fan of, of Mac Athletics, you know, you should follow them. They do a great job. And a lot of the local school papers um, really can be some of the best places to get team-by-team news. Um, but in the case of Jermaine Jackson, you know, Good player. Um, I haven't heard of him as an NBA type guy. I think we're looking at an overseas, you know, kind of potential there. But, you know, you got a dad who is in the NBA. You transferred around a little bit. I don't think there is really any loyalty by him to Central Michigan. Uh, I think, you know, looking at the team, you're not winning a lot of games. That's not going to change. And you have these COVID pauses. You know, if you're a student athlete, 
that's got to be trying, you know, you're practicing, you're going to class. Well, Hey, you can't, you're not going to play for three weeks. Well, Hey, you're, you know, you got 28 games or however many as a transfer to central Michigan to make a run at a professional career. And now all of a sudden that 28 games is down to 22, 24, however many it's gotta be tough. And I think if, you know, if you're going through it, you might as well get paid to go through it. Now, I don't know what channels, you know, the professional leagues went through to maybe talk to him, uh, you know, about their options, but, uh, you know, the NBA has rules. I'm not saying that the other leagues do or don't, but I do think that that could be something where, you know, he's, he's getting messages or something like that. Um, you know, where it's hard to pass up money, when you're just kind of having a start and stop season up there in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, you, you make a lot of good points there, Vansy. And I think especially, you know, when, when you look at how the season has played out for Central Michigan, obviously it's, it's been a tough year for the Chippewas, right? You're 2-12 and 12 overall, 1-2 and two in the MAC, And, you know, you, you mentioned how he's transferred around a little bit. It's not as if this is a guy that was recruited by Central Michigan out of high school and has been there for multiple years and has a connection to the place or anything like that. It's, you know, he's, he's there as a, you know, he's basically, he was there as a one year, you know, you knew this was going to be a one year deal. He's a senior coming in and, uh, you know, coming after again, two years at, uh, at Long Island, one year at Detroit. And, you know, you, you mentioned his, his pro prospects. I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, this is not a guy that I see as, a, as an NBA player, at least not right now. I'm not saying he couldn't develop into that at some point, but I mean, you look at him right now, 11.4 points per game. He's only shooting 36% from the field, 37 points or 37% from three point land, which not terrible, but you know, there's, there's nothing there that's really going to you know pop out to you. You look at his size as a guard, you know, six foot 175, which I'm not going to say that's undersized, but you look at a lot of the guards in the NBA nowadays, you're looking at guys that are at least, you know, six, three, six, four, have a little bit of a bigger body. So that's not to say that you can't make it in the NBA at six foot, but if you're going to make it in the NBA at six foot tall, you got to have some other elite skill, whether it be an incredible shooter, a great defender, something like that, which I think he's he's adequate in all those areas, but I wouldn't consider him elite in any of them. I mean, you look at him over the course of his you know college career, he's never in his four seasons of college basketball. He's never had a season where he shot over 40% from the field, never broken 40% from three-point land. You know, he's never averaged more than three and a half assists per game. So it's not as if he's like an incredible facilitator or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, best of luck to Jermaine. You know, he made the decision that was best for him. And as you said, if you're going to go have to go through it, might as well make some money while you're doing it. So it'll be interesting to see where he had, he ends up, Vansy. I don't know if it'll be, you know, I don't, maybe he'll find a landing spot in the G League or be able to go over to, you know, Italy or France or Australia or Germany. Germany or one of those other uh, European countries where, where um, you know, you can, you can make a little bit of money and, uh, and uh, you know, establish yourself a little bit and, uh, you know, try and, uh, you know, work towards getting into the NBA. But nonetheless, uh, as, uh, as I said at the, at the beginning here, Vansy, Long year in uh, long year in Mount Pleasant for first year coach Tony Barbie just got a little bit longer as he uh, loses his leading scorer and you look at the rest of the roster here for the Chippewas you know uh, he's only one of two guys on that roster over averaging over t- ten points a game so look guys like Osberger Lopez Jr. Kevin Miller Harrison Henderson gonna have to pick up some extra slack here over the next month or so if the Chippewas want to uh, you know get back on track and get a little bit more competitive here in the MAC. 
Speaking of it, though, Vanzi, let's take a look at the standings now. Take a look at the week that was here in the MAC. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it last week. We'll talk about it again here this week. Ohio just continues and continues to win. They've now won nine in a row. They're 5-0 and in the MAC. Toledo's hanging right there with them, though. They've won five in a row, six and one in the conference. Both of them uh, went two and zero. Oh this, or both of them went undefeated this week, I should say. Uh, Toledo played two games. Ohio did only play uh, once because their game with Central Michigan was postponed. But uh, Vanzi, any any results uh, this week, or any kind of impressions from the week that was on on the hardwood on the men's side this week? Well, again, you just kind of mentioned that Central Michigan postponement and that continues to carry on uh, into this week. And so I think that, you know, you're seeing part of the reason why um, it's easy for people to bail ship there. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at this week, Toledo and Ohio, those are the two top dogs in the conference. Yeah. You know, I think you could put those down. I, I feel comfortable writing those in pen. At this point, I don't think you're going to erase those. Um, when I look at the results this week, I think you're seeing some life out of Kent State. Mm-hmm. You know, Kent State right now, I mean, they beat Akron. I, I didn't think they are going to, you know, you look at that score, that was the, probably the one that jumped out at me because I thought that was, you know, that Akron was probably the third best team in the conference. So that was an impressive, you know, result to me. Um, Buffalo, I'm still high on Buffalo. I think they're still right there in the mix. I think they have the depth. I think they have the newer tradition where they're going to be there until the end. So I think those are two teams that you can't write off right there, but it's going to be tough to really get on the level of Ohio and Toledo. I mean, you talk about Toledo, they got JT Shoemate who's stepping up and playing, you know, kind of at a Ryan Rollins level. And you just can't match two guys like that. Um, Ohio, they just have that, that tradition, that system, the support. Uh, they look really good as well. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything that you're saying there. I'm, I'm glad, you know, you mentioned Kent State and, and Buffalo, and I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned the two of them because Buffalo, I'll, I'll start with Buffalo, you know. I've talked about on the in on past episodes where you know the end of non-conference play there, the beginning of conference play. I, I they were a little bit shaky. I, I wasn't too impressed with with some of their performances. They lost three in a row there that last non-conference game and then their first two conference game. But here over the last couple of weeks, they've won their last three, uh, including two road wins, going to Western Michigan and two Ball State here. And to me, Vanzi, whereas you could look at some teams, like I would probably put Miami in this bucket. I would probably put Northern Illinois in this bucket where there's some teams that have been competitive thus far in the Mac, but it feels as if they're punching a little bit above their weight and you don't know if it's really sustainable. With Buffalo, I almost feel like it's the opposite where – they, they didn't start out too well in, in conference play, but it's almost as if, you know, you look at this team and you see the talent on this roster and you think to yourself where, you know, it's only a matter of time that everything kind of comes together for the Bulls. And you look at what's happened here over the last two weeks for them. As I mentioned, they've won their last three really impressive road victory for them going down to uh, to Ball State uh, on uh, on Tuesday night. And knock, or I'm sorry, on on uh, on last sat on Friday, uh, and knocking off the Cardinals. I mean, Jonathan Williams has been great. He had 20 points in that game. Uh, Dennis Skogman, 16 points and 11 rebounds. Excuse me, David Skogman. He's been really good lately. This is a guy coming into this season. 
Um, hadn't really done a ton last year as a freshman, only 2.7 points per game, 2.3 rebounds a game. These last three games from, he has three straight double doubles for the bulls, 20 points, 15 rebounds against Bowling green, 14 and 11 against Western Michigan, and then 16 and 11 against ball state on Friday night. So I, I really think, you know, with him and Josh and Bala underneath, and then you got Jonathan Williams, obviously, and, and, and Ronaldo Segu at point guard. I really think this Buffalo team is going to, you know, they're going to be in the conversation come uh, come tournament time. And then you mentioned Kent State as well. I thought the, the second half of Kent, that Kent State-Akron game on Friday night was probably the best half of basketball we've seen from Kent State this season. Again, as you mentioned, you know, they, they knock off the zip 67-55. They defend home court. Sincere carry. What a fantastic game from him. 32 points, 4 rebounds in that one 11 for 17 from the field six of 10 I don't know Vanzi what do you think I mean it comes down to it at the end of the end of the year do you think Kent State or or Buffalo do you, do you think either of them have a legitimate chance to knock off either Ohio or Toledo come tournament time because as you said it feels like Ohio and Toledo have established themselves as the top two teams Buffalo Kent State even Akron right there with them do you think any of those three teams have a chance at, uh, at knocking either one of those top two off Oh, yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, you look at uh, Toledo's track record during the Todd Kowalchuk era, yeah. and it just seems like every year it's a tournament disappointment. You know, I mean, no no MAC tournament titles, no NCAA tournament bids. You know, they're usually looking at the NIT or one of those other tournaments. I, I don't know about Kent State yet, I you know, but you look at Rob Senderoff and, and, you know, some of the results that they've had. They're a team that when they get to Cleveland, if they get to Cleveland, they can get hot. And they've done that a couple times where they kind of still a bid from a better Mac team. So that wouldn't surprise me. But the one that wouldn't really surprise me would be Buffalo. I think I would sit here today and you, if you told me I had to put my money on a team from the Mac to, to make it to the NCAA tournament, I'm probably putting my money on Buffalo. Interesting. You know, I, I am very high on Buffalo. I, you know, you look at their depth, you look at some of their talent, you look at the recent track record the last couple of years. You know, and then you look at Toledo's track record uh, in Ohio. I, I, you know, Ohio, I think it's, it's they're kind of quiet. They're not, they're not as flashy as Toledo. They don't have a Ryan Rollins, you know, but they're just kind of a, a good team that has a lot of pieces that play well together. So they're kind of a sleeper. But I think when you look at Buffalo, I think Buffalo absolutely has enough talent top to bottom, and they might be peaking at the right time to potentially win the Mac. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And and you see, you look at the, as I mentioned, you know, Buffalo's roster, they have so much size on that roster with 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 Skogman and and with uh Josh and Bala underneath. And you know, Buffalo's schedule here over the next couple of weeks, big game coming up for them uh this Friday. Uh, you got Kent State, you got Kent State, Toledo, Ohio, Akron, the next four games for Buffalo. So a very, very important stretch here for the Bulls if they want to get back in the conversation here and be taken seriously as a contender in the MAC. You mentioned Ohio, um, Vanzi, and I wanted to just touch on this game because I, I thought it might have been one of the better performances I've seen from a MAC team this year. Ohio goes on the road the other night to Miami. Miami's a team, you know, they come into the game two and two in the conference. As I mentioned, they've been playing a little bit above their weight. They've been, you know, exceeding expectations, I would say, coming into this game. And uh, you you get the sense of, you know, it's a rivalry game. These two schools do not like each other. Ohio goes into Oxford, and there was never any question in this game. Ohio offensively played unbelievably. They're up 18 at halftime. They end up knocking off the Redhawks 86 to 63, 51% from the field. 
almost 40% from the three-point line. Vanderplas had 23. Jason Carter had 17. Or excuse me, 13. Mark Sears had 17. You mentioned Ohio. The thing about Ohio to me is they have so much balance. They have so much depth. There's so many guys on this team that can get you a bucket when you need it. And so that to me... It's going to make them, you know, they're going to be hard to beat if, in, from, from my perspective. I, I could easily see a team like Buffalo with, that has all of that size giving them some problems. And obviously Toledo is going to have something to say about that too. But man, what a week from the Bobcats. In terms of teams though, Vanzi, kind of trending downward or teams that I, I, I wasn't too impressed with this week. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I, I'm not sure if you got to see any of this game the other night, but man, a rough week for Akron. You know, we mentioned on Friday night, they have the rivalry game. They lose to Kent State in the wagon wheel game in, uh, down at Kent. And then they, they follow that up on Tuesday with almost one of the worst losses of any MAC team that they've had this season where Western Michigan comes into Akron. The, the Broncos are up by 10 points in this game with less than three minutes to go. And they just came completely fell apart down the stretch. Akron ends up getting uh, the 74 73 victory with Ali Ali kind of hitting the tough contested fadeaway jumper with only like three seconds left in the game to give them the victory. But even in victory there, Vanzi, not a good performance from the Zips. And if I'm, a, if I'm an Akron fan right now, you lose your rivalry game at Kent State by double digits. You need, you need to, everything you can. You need to really scrape by. You have that last, uh, you know, that, that comeback with the last three minutes against Western Michigan. Two subpar performances for the Zips this week. I don't know. It seems to me like Akron's kind of on shaky ground right now. They're still 3-2 and two in the conference, but not a good week for the Zips. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, you look at that Western Michigan game and, you would have thought that Akron, that, that would have been a game that they could have won by a lot more than a point. And obviously losing to a rival like Kent, you know, that's that's a bad loss uh, anytime you're that team. So, you know, just really a disappointing, you know, they're coming back off of a COVID pause. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they looked red hot right when they went into that COVID pause. And then since then, they just have not been the same. Um, you know, is, is it, you know, the lack of practice time being together, different things like that. I still think they're a good team. I just think you're kind of seeing this develop where they're probably, you know, fourth or fifth in the Mac instead of being one of the top two or three teams that they, they look to have a chance to be, um, and then other than that, I, I think, you know, I mean, just kind of other than the high water teams, there's a lot of teams this week in the Mac that had some dis- disappointing performances. You look at Eastern Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, losing to NIU, losing to Kent State. Um, you know, I mean, they they look like a sleeper in the Mac. And now I think you can probably write them off. And, and I hate to say that, um, you know, Bowling Green, Bowling Green. I mean, that got pretty well routed by Toledo, you know, yeah. in a rivalry game. So. Um, you know, I think you're starting to see this clear picture. Those were all kind of some teams that we talked about. Well, maybe they're in the mix. Maybe they're in the mix. Well, hey, turns out maybe they're not. It's a great, uh, great way to say it. I, I agree with you. It, it does seem like the, the cream is starting to rise to the, to the top here. Let's talk about the week ahead here, Vanzi. And, and before we even talk about any other games, I think we have to talk about the marquee game of the weekend in the MAC here, Friday night. National TV, CBS Sports Network, Toledo goes down to Athens to take on Ohio. 
Vanzi, if you're a Mac fan, in my perspective, if you're a Mac fan, this is appointment television. Ohio right now a four-point favorite at home over the Rockets. And I think this is, if you're a Mac basketball fan, Vanzi, this is the game that we've been waiting for. You know, these are, we've talked about it every week. These are the two teams at the top of the conference right now. Toledo with Ryan Robbins and Shoemate and Ray J. Dennis, who comes in from Boise State in the offseason as the, as the uh, new point guard. On the other side with Ohio, you got Mark Sears, you got Jason Carter, Ben Vanderplas. To me, Vanzi, this is going to be the game of the weekend in the MAC here. What do you, how do you see this one? I, I shouldn't say how do you see it playing out. I'm not going to ask you to predict the game, but what do you think are some of the key factors here as Toledo takes on Ohio tomorrow night? Well, I think when you look at you know, well, one thing I think it is on CBS Sports. So if yeah. fans are trying to find that, they do a great job. The big games on Friday nights, but I, I think these are two well-supported programs, and to get this game at home, I think is, is a tremendous advantage, you know? So I, I I think home court advantage could play a role in this one um, more so than if you're going into some arena where they're not going to, going to have a lot of fans, but yeah, this is the one for the conference uh, that you circle, you star. I mean, this, you could put this at the, you know, beginning of March in in the Mac tournament for the tournament final and say winner goes to the NCAA tournament and nobody would bat an eye really. Um, it should be a great game. You know, it, you got both teams, probably two of the deepest teams in the conference. Uh, I think Toledo's a little more top heavy, but they got a lot of guys who can play set roles. You know, everyone who kind of does something a little bit different where Ohio just keeps coming at you. You know, they may have Vanderplas go for 20. Then the next game they have Sears and, you know, they can just Carter, you know, they can just roll out these different guys who can make your life uh, very difficult. So I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, not only is it the two best teams in a Mac, but you probably could say you got what five of the top 10 players potentially. I mean, you know, I didn't write that down, but you know, you got some really good players who are going to be all conference first, second or third teamers going head to head. Totally agree. And, you know, I think the thing for me, Vanzi, is, you know, when I look at this matchup, it's going to be which team can have more success defensively, Who, which team is going to be able to slow the other team down. You look at Toledo offensively right now, Toledo is playing at an incredible level. They've scored 75 points or more in their last five games. Three of those five, or excuse me, two of those five have been over 90 Four of those five have been over 80. So uh, Toledo really putting the ball in the bucket right now. And then on the other side, Ohio, too, they've scored over 80 uh, in their last three games. So that, to me, is going to be the deciding factor here. Which team is going to be able to defend better and have more success on that side of the ball and getting some stops? I think it's an awesome thing here if you're a Mac basketball fan because – uh, you you know, we talked about CBS Sports and that game being on CBS Sports Network. Well, it's actually a Mac doubleheader on CBS Sportsnet tonight. Well, if you're, if you're listening to this when it comes out on Friday, it'll, it'll be tonight. Uh, we got Toledo, Ohio at 6 o'clock, and then right after that, we got Kent State, Buffalo at 8. So if you're a Mac basketball fan, it's kind of eat-your-heart-out type of night uh, there on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Vanzi, any other games this weekend or even looking into next week, anything else that kind of catches your attention that you're looking forward to? Well, I mean, you know, I hate to just cherry pick the Friday games, but Kent State Buffalo, you know, I mean, you talk about what teams have we talked about on this podcast, and I think you could go right there and just look at Friday's schedule, and that's the majority of our podcast so far is talking about those schools. Um, Kent State's been hot. Buffalo's been hot. Uh, You know, is Buffalo right there with Toledo and Ohio a win? I think you can say yes. 
Uh, if Kent State wins, I think we got to reevaluate where that program is and, you know, maybe put them in the mix. So, you know, I, I, I think that would be the other one. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, a great call out there. Another one that I'm going to point to looking forward to, into uh, next week on Tuesday, the 25th. We talked about Buffalo a lot here tonight. This is a big week for them. They got that Kent State game Friday night. Tuesday, they go to Toledo. So this is a Buffalo team here. You figure... Now, this is not an easy task, but you, you beat Kent State, you beat Toledo, you get those two wins here. You're all of a sudden you're sitting at five and two in the MAC. You're right there, back, uh, you know, back in uh, back in the thick of things here. And I do think, uh, you know, from a matchup perspective, Buffalo does match up well with Toledo because again, all of the size on Buffalo's roster. You look at Toledo. Um, there, there's, there's not quite as much size there. They got Cedric Milder and they got and Shoemate, uh, but both of that, that's really, I mean, those are their only significant rotation players that you could say are guys that can get you, you know, underneath the basket and get you rebounds can get you those easy buckets underneath the hoop. Toledo being a very, very kind of guard oriented team match up against all of the size of Buffalo. I think that'll turn out to be a really, really interesting uh, matchup as well. So that one's coming up on, on Tuesday evening. We'll see what, if Buffalo can get through Kent state on Friday night, that's a home game for the bulls. And then they travel down to Toledo on Tuesday night. So hitting the road there, big week for the bulls. We'll see what happens with them. And uh, we, you know, when we come back here next week, we'll see uh, if, if they're back in uh, into the conversation in terms of the, the, the you know, top three, top four in the conference. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's take a look at the women's side of things here, Vanzi. And uh, before we even get to uh, the games of the week and, and the week that was in uh, in women's basketball, let's uh, keep it in uh, keep it up there in upstate New York in Buffalo. Dayasha Fair, she's been one of the best players in the conference, if not the best player in the conference uh, this season so far in the MAC for the third straight season. She was named to the midseason watch list for the Becky Hammond Mid-Major Player of the Year Award. Um, so she's, I mean, this is she's been playing incredibly all year. I, I shouldn't even say, I said she might be the best player in the conference. I don't think that's a conversation. I think she is the best player in the conference on the women's side of things. Fourth in the nation in scoring 23.8 points per game. Also averaging 4.6 rebounds, 4.2 assists per game. She's top 20 nationally in field goals made, three-point field goals made, three-pointers three made per game assist to turnover ratio and total points. I mean, all of these major lists, all of these major statistical categories, not just in the Mac, but nationally, she's up there towards the top of the heap. And Vanzi, I, I think it's great to see someone like her get the recognition like this because she certainly deserves it based on the way she's been playing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think you're talking about someone here. I mean, you're seeing the accolades kind of come about you're, you're looking at a potential, you know, WNBA draft choice, you're looking at a potential All-American selection here. Um, if you are within the MAC landscape and you you can do it safely and you got the Buffalo women's basketball team coming to town, go on out to, you know, I mean, if it's in Ypsilanti, the George Gervin Center, Toledo Savage Hall, you know, go on out and get the opportunity to watch her play um, because it may be someone that, you know, down the line, you're going to tell people, hey, I saw 
her play in person. I mean, she's a tremendous basketball player. And, you know, you said, oh, probably the best player on the women's side of the conference spectrum. I think you could even throw out the genders. I think you could say that she's probably the, you know, I mean, obviously the athleticism and dunking and stuff like that, maybe some differences there. But as far as the best player in the conference, bar none, I would say it's probably her. And, you know, you could probably even take that further out and look across the Mac landscape for the last year and what student athlete has had a more impressive season than the track she's on. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I mean, I, the, the thing that's even more impressive, I mean, 23 and a half points per game with the volume that she, you know, she, her usage on that team is so high shooting 44% from the field, 41% from three point land. I mean, she's doing it efficiently and she's doing it that high of a level Really, really impressive stuff from uh, Dash Affairs. She certainly deserves all the recognition that she's getting on a national level. Let's take a look at the week that was here on the women's side of things, though, Vanzi. I think the story here has been and continues to be the Toledo Rockets. We talked about it last week. Eighth in the conference, or I should say picked eighth in the conference in the preseason poll. They've now won their first seven MAC games. They are 7-0 and now in the conference. The only other team... Still undefeated is Buffalo, who's right behind them at 5-0. and uh, But a, a big week for the Rockets this week. Uh, another good week, I should say, knocking off uh, Northern Illinois and Ball State, both on the road. Uh, got the 58-55 um, ro- road victory at Ball State the other night. Buffalo's right behind them. It feels to me, it's, it's a similar story here, Vansy, where in, on the men's side of things, we got Ohio and Toledo that are kind of separating themselves. Here on the women's side of things, Toledo and Buffalo, those are the two teams that seem to be at the top of the heap. Western Michigan, they have, they've dealt with some COVID pauses. They're sitting there at 3-1. and one. They're 9-4 and four overall. Akron has been playing well. They've been a good story too. They, they've lost their last one though. So they're back to four and two in the conference. It feels like though, to me though, Vansy Toledo, Buffalo kind of at the top of the mountain here, Western Michigan, not too far behind. I still think Ohio is going to be in the conversation at the end of the year. They've gotten back to 500 in conference play. They're two and two after their long COVID pause. But I mean, when I look at the, the women's side of things here, Vansy Toledo and Buffalo really, really impressive thus far in, in the Mac as evidenced by their combined 12 and 0 record in conference play. Yeah, I agree. I think when you look at, you know, I spoke earlier about tradition and, you know, the last few years outside of central Michigan, those have been probably the two traditional powers in the women's side of the conference, Uh, you know, Toledo, they, they, there's, they get just as many fans for the women's games most nights as they do the men's games. They love their basketball there. And then you talk about fair with Buffalo and all that, Um, you know, we haven't really bought in on Western Michigan yet. And they're just right there. I mean, you spoke about Ohio, but at some point, I think we got to look at Western Michigan and say, Hey, this is a team that, that they could surprise. I mean, they have been surprised. I know they got some COVID problems right now, but it's just every time I haven't seen them too much on ESPN three or ESPN plus, but every time I, I look up their scores, it seems like, you know, okay, they won again. They want to, you know, or, or an impressive showing. So, you know, maybe it might be time to start buying into them. Um, you know, in, in central, you know, wow. I, I don't think anyone saw that coming uh, this season. The, the results that they're getting um, just looks like a different program. I mean, if you're up in Mount Pleasant, you know, you win the Sun Bowl and it's like your punishment for the Sun Bowl victory is watching these two teams, your women's teams and your men's team struggle to get W's. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Do you take that trade? That seems, you know, seems tough. 
Yeah, it does. It's especially on the women's side where the, set, the the women's program up there in Mount Pleasant been so successful here over the last couple of years. Had that Sweet 16 appearance, uh, what was that, three years ago now, I believe, and uh, just been a, been a really tough year. It's, you know, Molly Davis kind of cut carrying that team by herself. She doesn't have a ton of help, but and, and the Chippewas, they find themselves in the unfamiliar position of being in last place in the conference. They're 3-13 and 13 overall, 1-6 and six in the MAC. But you're right, though, Vancey. I feel like we haven't given enough attention uh, this year on the podcast to Western Michigan. Because I think a part of it is because they did have the COVID pause. They've only played four conference games. But you look at this team, they're a team there. You know, we we talk about Ohio and Buffalo and how they're going to outscore you, right? Ohio's at, you know, those teams averaging almost 80 points a game. Western Michigan, not quite as high powered offensively. They're only averaging about 68 a game, but they play really, really good defense. They're only giving up 59 points a night, holding opponents right there under 40% from the field. You look at them even offensively, though. I mean, Lauren Ross, one of the leading scorers in the conference behind Deasha Fair. She's averaging almost 21 points a game and shooting over 50%, or excuse me, almost 50% from the field, 49% from the field. She's third in the conference uh, in, in scoring. You got Riley Jacobson there as well. And then uh, Taylor Williams underneath the basket leads the team in rebounds at eight and a half rebounds a game. This Western Michigan team, though, Vanzi, as I said, you know, they, they, they had the, the COVID pause. They, their only loss in conference thus far is to Toledo, who, as we mentioned, you know, they're 7-0 and in conference play. That game um, a couple weeks back, that was a home game for them where uh, Toledo just kind of pulled away from them in the second half. The Broncos couldn't quite overcome that late deficit. But I think you look back all the way to the Broncos' non-conference schedule. I mean, a close loss on the road at Indiana, who was 10th in the country in the time. Uh, lost that game by 10. They go to Purdue, another Big Ten team. They lose that guy, game by 8. They give the Boilermakers all that they can handle. Western Michigan, a team here, I think your, your point is well taken. They're, they're going to have uh, they're gonna have something to say about this before it's all said and done in the conference. I'll also be curious to see how Akron's able to hold up. As we mentioned, you know, um, they, they started out 4-1 and one in the conference this year after going 4-14 and 14 last season. They did lose their last game uh, earlier this week on the road at Buffalo. No harm there, no shame there in, in losing on the road to, to Deasha Fair. A tough place to play up there in, uh, in upstate New York. Were there any other results on the women's side of the fence here, Vansy, this week that, uh, that surprised you or intrigued you or that you weren't expecting? Well, I'm, you know, we kind of touched on it uh, already, but Bowling Green, 92, Central Michigan, 68. Yeah. I mean, Bowling Green, yeah, they, they had a great team last year, um, been a little up and down this year, but uh, to me, I mean, 92 points on Central Michigan's heads, that's just, uh, you know, that, that was the one that really jumped out to me um, when I was looking at the results. Uh, you know, on that Bowling Green team, I'm not ready to say that they can't surprise come March either. You know, I think, uh, you know, Robin Freilich, the head coach down there, is building something pretty nice in the Stroh Center. So I, I wouldn't quite write off Bowling Green just yet. I totally agree with that. I think uh, Coach Freilich, I mean, she she did a great job last year. I think this was a team last year that really came out of nowhere. They finished the season 20 and 6, 14 and 4 overall. They were picked, I, I don't have, I don't recall off the top of my head where they were in the preseason poll of last season, but they were not expected to be in the top half of the conference last year. Really surprised everybody got to the NIT and um, actually actually ended up winning a game in the NIT, beating Dayton uh, before getting knocked out by by Drake in the third round. So uh, I agree with you there. And, and Bowling 
Bowling Green, you know, they're sitting at two and two in the conference right now. They have some interesting, uh, some interesting matchups coming up here over the next few weeks. They're going to have an opportunity uh, to kind of get back into things, as you mentioned, coming off the with the win over Central Michigan. They go to Ohio on Saturday. That could be a very interesting game there. They got a game coming up against Western Michigan next week as well. And you know, the thing, Vanzi. One last thing here before we move into you know previewing some games here in the week ahead. Something that's interesting to me, and I, I think the thing that's going to be, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this plays out over the next couple of months, is that in, in the, on the women's side of things right now, it seems like we have a really big kind of middle class in the conference, if you will, where, where you got Western Michigan in third place. But there's only two games separating them and Ball State, and Ball State's in eighth. So three between three and eight, we only got two games separating them. We got a bunch of teams jumbled up in there in the middle. We got three teams sitting at two and two with Miami, Ohio, and Bowling Green. Akron's four and two, and then Ball State is, uh, you know, they're two and four. So I'd say from Ball State on down, Kent State's below them. They're at two and five, ten and six overall. Kent State seems like they might be fading a little bit, although you never know. They could always kind of catch fire again like they did in the non-conference schedule. But it feels like teams like three through nine, there's not a ton separating them. And I think as they play each other here over the next couple of weeks, we're going to get a little bit of a clearer picture of, of you know who's going to end up where. I, I have to stop and kind of look at the calendar because it sounded like we're talking about Mac football again you know, <laughs> with, all, with all this parody. I mean, you know... It's it's just I mean incredible parody. If you're just about every school's got a chance to make some noise here, uh, which makes it really interesting. And and I thought this on the men's side too. I just feel like this next week, two weeks, and I've said it all season, but the next week or so, we're going to come out of this week next week and really have an idea. I think who's who, you know, who's a contender, who's a pretender you know, who is kind of in that middle ground. And I think that's especially true on the women's side of things, as you just kind of have this jumbled up mess just by sheer elimination, you're going to have them kind of beat up on each other and in some rise and some fall. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, let's take a look at the week ahead here, Vanzi. And it's interesting on the women's side here. We got we got a lot of games this week as some of those games that were postponed from earlier in the season due to COVID pauses. A lot of those games are being rescheduled right now. So uh, we got two games on Friday, four games on Saturday, six games on Tuesday. A lot of games to choose from this week, Vanzi. Anything that jumps out at you, any matchups that are intriguing to you, any anything you want to see this week, anything you're looking for? Uh, yeah, you know, you talked about the Ohio Toledo matchup on the men's side here on the women's side, Toledo against Buffalo. You yeah. know, you talk about the two top teams right now in the conference going head to head. Can't ask for much more. I think that's going to be a tremendous one there in that one. And then also looking ahead uh, here next Wednesday, I believe it is, you got uh, Ohio at Toledo. Yeah. You know, so that's going to be a, you know, a tough week for Toledo, but some really good games. And we're at that point in the schedule. Also, you got Western Michigan Bowling Green, but uh, you're getting to that point in the schedule where the games are just going to mean more. And it's, it makes for great watching and, and great following. And, uh, you know, but I would say that the next week for Toledo is going to be tremendously challenging and there's going to be some great games uh, to potentially watch there. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think 
Uh, the team that I got, I'm kind of keeping my eye on here this week is is Ohio. They got um, they they're going. Uh, they got Bowling Green at home on Saturday. They got Buffalo at home on Tuesday, and then they have uh, and then and then they got at, they're going to Toledo as you mentioned. So Ohio with three big games this week. Uh, Bowling Green, Buffalo, and Toledo, and that Buffalo and Toledo, the two kind of the top teams in the conference. So if Ohio is going to get back into the conversation here, they're never out of it because they have CC Hooks and Erica Johnson, two of the best players in the conference, can score with just about anybody. I think if Ohio is going to get back into the conversation here, this is the week where they're going to have to make their move. I'm also curious to see how Western Michigan is going to be able to continue to uh, to play here. You got a game; they're going uh, to Miami on uh, on Saturday and then they go uh to Bowling Green uh next week. So two road games for the Broncos this week. We'll see how they're able to fare. If they can get the five and one in the conference. I think those are the two teams right there, Western Michigan and Ohio. I kinda have my eyes on both of them this week. If they can both go two and oh this week, I mean that's easier said than done. But I, I think I could see both those teams making a big move this week and uh you know that could get, really give them some some big momentum as we move into February down the home stretch of the season. Vanzi, any uh, any final thoughts on the men's side, women's side, anything else Mac related here uh, before we let everyone go? Yeah, no, I just think uh, we're kind of you know again everything's starting to mean a little bit more. It it feels like, and I I almost don't want to say it, but knock on wood, it feels like the teams are starting to kind of round around these COVID pauses. Yeah. And kind of put that a little bit in the rearview mirror. And, and if we can kind of get moving forward without that impact, yeah, I know it's a serious thing, obviously, but without impacting the games here, uh, you know, heading into February and March, I, I think it's going to be just a great run to the finish. Um, a lot of parody, a lot of good players, a lot of good teams. Um, you know, and I still, I men's and women's, I'm still hoping that we get a two bid Mac, you know, and I I think on the men's side, it's going to be tough, but uh, on the women's, it definitely looks doable. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. I think it's much more likely on the women's side, but Hey, you never know what'll happen here uh, down the stretch on either side of the fence. So as we mentioned, folks, a lot of those, uh, games that were, um, you know, postponed by COVID, they're starting to get rescheduled. So we got a full slate of basketball in the MAC this week, men's side and the women's side. A lot to get to. As we mentioned, uh, kind of the MAC showcase Friday night on CBS Sports Network on the men's side of things with uh, Kent State and Buffalo and Toledo and Ohio both being televised back to back on CBS Sports Network. So if you're listening to this on Friday when it gets released, uh, be sure to tune into that tonight. That'll do it for us here on episode 80 of the bandwagon this week. Thank you as always for tuning in folks. We appreciate it. Hope everyone's staying warm. Hope everyone's, uh, hopefully you're not snowed in wherever you're at. Hope you can still uh, get out and enjoy, enjoy some stuff. Got an NFL playoffs this weekend. Enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy the the weekend basketball. And uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to some warmer days ahead here on the bandwagon for vaccine. Man, if I could only speak tonight. For Zach Van I am Zach Follador. Thanks for stopping by this week, folks. We'll talk to you next week.